will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. What a beautiful Savior we have. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen? I'd like to read to you again our scripture that was read so beautifully by Lordy, and that's found in Luke. And I thought, I know you all were thinking, Christmas? Why are we doing a Christmas sermon when it's 90 degrees outside? In Luke chapter 1, let me read it again, and starting with verse 30. I'll start with verse 30. Thank you, God, for that good news. You all know that thunder and lightning comes from the throne of God, according to Revelation chapter 5. Isn't that awesome? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angels answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the... And behold, look, Mary... Your cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is her sixth month, and who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Let's pray. Father, do the impossible in us today. You in us. Thank you, Lord, for this gift of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Deacon, shut the door, because they're going to try to bolt. Because today, I want everybody in here to get pregnant. Don't let them out. I want everybody to be pregnant. All through scripture, but I'm talking about a spiritual pregnancy. Just like Mary, our lives are to become a Bethlehem for Jesus. Amen? Our lives become the manger where he is born and he grows and fills our life, transforming the manger into a palace because he is in us. All through scripture, from Genesis, in Genesis chapter 315, the first promise was that to Eve, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Lord, he said it to Satan. And he said that the first promise has to do with pregnancy all the way to Revelation chapter 12. When we look at the church, 
Look at the church in chapter 12. It says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet. And upon her head was a crown of 12 stars, and she being pregnant, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. The church is described in Revelation 12 as a church that is filled with Christ. Amen. So today, I want all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. But the model is pregnancy. Pregnancy is the most intimate relationship anybody can have. Think about it. Jesus said it this way. I in them and thou in me. A child in me that we may be one. It's an amazing experience when that child moves into you, but all through scripture, you see, you see this wonderful transformation. Paul talked about it too. If you look in Galatians chapter 20, I mean chapter 2, in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul said it this way, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And in Galatians 4.19, Paul says it this way. He says, my little children, whom I travail in birth again, till Christ is formed in you. So all through scripture, God uses pregnancy as an illustration of the Christian life. Think about it. Now, a bunch of folks have never been pregnant up in here. And I'm saying, fellas, you all have to get pregnant too. Amen? So I have to explain it to you. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, God has given to every person a measure of faith. Everybody has in them, the Bible says, a seed of faith. And then Jesus said to Nicodemus, he says in chapter 3, he says the Holy Spirit goes where the Spirit wants to go. It's like a wind, but you don't see where it's coming from. When that Holy Spirit wind intersects with the seed of faith in a person, then <gasps> they become pregnant or filled. Now, think about it. Something happens when the Holy Spirit interacts with the seed of faith Something changes in the person. You start getting a little queasy. You start getting a little nauseated. Something's going on, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor, the great physician, says, good news, you're pregnant. You're filled with me. Now, understand, this is deep. As soon as... The Holy Spirit intersects with that seed of faith. You are 100% pregnant. Amen? Can you be a little pregnant? Can you be a little pregnant? Can you be sort of pregnant? Can you be kind of pregnant? 
as soon as the Holy Spirit intersects with that seed of, pray, of faith, you become filled. You become completely 100% pregnant. That's a spiritual gift to us. You're always 100%, except, now think, think about it. Mary was told by the angel, the Holy Spirit has overshadowed you. And now you're pregnant. So Mary is so excited. She runs to her old cousin Elizabeth's house. Now, Elizabeth is six months pregnant. And when Mary comes in the door and she greets Elizabeth, the baby John inside of Elizabeth jumps because the, the John inside of Elizabeth recognized the teeny bitty Jesus that was in Mary. He was just a little, little Jesus. But she was 100% pregnant. Now, think about that for us. When I am, when Christ has moved into me and I'm only three weeks pregnant, I can still walk around in my cute high heel shoes, right? I can put on my tight jeans, amen? But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Jesus gets full grown, you can't walk around in them high heel shoes no more, amen? Because when the Jesus moves inside of you, the baby is in control. Pregnant mamas, am I telling the truth? I got two illustrations here. Because the scripture says it this way. Uh-oh. It says in, oh, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 19, it says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, and which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. When Jesus moves into your life, the baby is now in charge. When the baby moves in, in the natural, the baby takes over. The baby will tell you, I don't like certain food. You may like food, certain food all your life. Your mama gave it to you. you. You ate it. You cook it up. But what the baby tells you, it's unclean. You may try to... You go cook it up that day, and the baby said, I told you, you can't eat it. The food is unclean. You go try to eat it, that baby will say, take it out. <laughs> Amen? Because the baby is now, your body has become the Bethlehem. The baby has moved in and taken over. You may have always walked cute like this. No, baby said, you, better, you, you need two people to get you out of the chair. You can't button all those tight clothes anymore. It'll say, you got to wear loose and long. <laughs> because when Christ moves into your life, he will change your ways. He will change your actions. He will change your smells and change your hair color. But 
when I'm a new Christian, when I'm brand new, I can still walk like this, and I can wear blue fingernail polish, and I can wear high heel shoes, and I can do all kinds of things. Amen? But as you get older, that baby will tell you, uh-uh, no more of that. Stop it. And you will have to do a different way. Not those same clothes anymore, amen? Because you are full grown. You know, when you're a new Christian, folks wonder, I wonder if she's really a Christian because she don't look like this and she doesn't. But when you get to be full grown, people can tell you from the front and from the back <laughs> by the way you walk that you're fully, fully in Christ, amen? All through the whole pregnancy, pregnancy is one of the, is a spiritual ac action. It's very spiritual, and it was given to us women. We're so blessed. Oh, it's awesome. When you get to be about the uh, um, fifth month of pregnancy, something wonderful happens. It's called the lightning. I love the lightning. About the, in the fifth month, that's when the baby starts moving. See, in the beginning, you can say to people, I'm a Christian. They say, yeah. <laughs> And you know, you know Christ is in you, but when you start feeling that baby move, you know that he is inside of you. And you get so excited. I remember I used to hit my, look, 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 there's a foot. There's. And you, are, you know that wherever you go, Christ is with you because they're always there. You may have seen pictures, but you know for yourself now. And you are in love with someone you've never seen. Isn't that spiritual? You fall in love with someone that you've never seen. But in the fifth month, you experience what's called the lightning, and that's when the baby is actually moving. And it talks about it in Romans chapter 8, in verses 10 and 11. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Because of the Christ in you, you will feel a movement. There's going to be a quickening in your life, not just at the last days, but even now you will feel... <gasps> There will be something that happened, and you get excited because of the Christ that's in you. Around the sixth month, I mean the, the, the sixth month of pregnancy, you experience what's called Braxton Hicks contractions. Braxton Hicks contractions are those that tightening and releasing. Your body is starting to get you ready for labor. It's when your body is starting to stretch, get those muscles prepared, but it is not full labor. It's not true labor. True labor is found in Jeremiah chapter 30. This is true labor. Braxton Hicks is getting you ready for labor. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7. Six and seven. This is real labor. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. 
Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in travail and all of their faces are turned to paleness? Alas, for the day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Men will be in labor. That's true labor. It's described as when a man is like, oh. True labor. Braxton Hicks are just getting ready, getting you ready for real labor. See, y'all think you have problems right now. Folk talking about you. Can't pay your bills. Refrigerator <laughs> making you stay out the house forever. People stole your 401k. Those are just Braxton Hicks contractions. They're getting you ready for real labor. See, in the dark ages, folk were dying. People were being murdered for their faith. People, babies were being cut out of wombs for their faith. For all kinds of things. It's coming, amen? Oh, folk are afraid and strapping because they have guns now, but it's getting ready to get ugly because you are Sabbath keepers. They're going to find you. They can find you on their GPSs. They know they're going to have all kinds of chips and stuff to try to find you. But you shall be saved out of it. We're not there yet. The stuff is happening all around us. It's coming now to get you ready for what's coming. If you can't deal with just folk talking about you and being mean to you now, you're not going to be ready for labor. Because labor is going to be horrific, amazing, terrible, but it says we will be saved out of it. Now, let me tell you about labor. I did that three times. Isn't that nuts, though? Isn't that the craziest thing Would somebody would keep on doing that? My mama had eight babies, and I blame her for my, me having three children because she made it seem so easy, but it's hard work. But let me, when, when I went through... Um, when I was pregnant, the, the first child, we took Lamaze classes. I don't think they have Lamaze anymore. They have birthing classes now. But they have Lamaze classes, and I learned spiritual things, William, in that. The first thing they taught me when, I went to, when we went to Lamaze classes, that you have to be ready. You've got to have your bags packed. Don't wait for labor to have your suitcases packed, amen? Because when labor comes, you don't have time or inclination to pack any bags. You don't have the energy, amen? Did they tell you to pack your bags first? Have them ready, sitting right there. The Bible tells us also the same thing. Be ye therefore ready, because you don't know the day or the hour when he's coming. Well, what he's talking about being ready? You need to prepare your character now. I was at um, I was at a graduation service last week, and the cousin, the, the Averhart girls just graduated from high school. And they had a reception for them, and their cousin said, that "She she gave them this this admonition. She said, be careful." Be careful of your thoughts because your thoughts can become words. Be careful of your words because your words can become actions. Be careful of your actions because your actions 
can become character. Be careful of your character because it determines your whole destiny. All we have is that we can take to heaven is our character. So we're all preparing that. And that's why God gives us all the things that we're walking through. So we need to be prepared now. Have your bags packed. There was a, it's not a, it's not a, a biblically sound story, but there was a rich man who was dying, sick and dying, and he had all this money. He had all these holdings. He had gold. He had land. He had oil wells. And he was dying, and he prayed, and he said, God, I've, I've done all these things, and I, can I take some of this to heaven with me? And he begged and pleaded with God and begged and pleaded, and God finally said, yes, you can take one thing with you to heaven. And so the man looked at all of his stuff, and he exchanged some of it some, some, for some bars of gold. And he put it in his suitcase, and here he came to, to the pearly gates, and there was Peter there, checking him in and he came with his bars of gold and he put him up on the table and Peter said what he said well God told me I can bring bring something he proudly opened up his suitcase and showed his bars of gold and Peter said pavement why would you bring pavement to heaven we walk on that up in here what that's the best you can bring so the best you can bring is your character, and that's what you're forming now. The second thing they taught me is they, they need that I have to have a coach, someone that's going to be with me, someone I know their voice, because I need someone who's going to tell me, you know, here comes another contraction. You need to breathe. You need to da 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 Or they'll wipe the back of my neck or, my, or hold my hand or whatever. We need someone that goes alongside us, that we know their voice, and that someone is the Holy Spirit. Amen? We've got to know the voice of the Holy Spirit now to prepare us for the labor that's coming because he will say, leave the city now or stop, speak, hush, run. But we've got to get, get comfortable with that voice now because he knows the days and the times. The third thing they taught me was how to breathe. Prayer is the? So they taught me how to breathe. They taught me how to do like this. They taught me how to do a cleansing breath. Different ways of breathing. We can't pray. And prayer is the breath of the soul. The Holy Spirit is also trying to teach us that we got to pray different. We got to stop doing the same old prayer like the little girl that prayed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> you know, same old dull prayer you say all the time. Get all mixed up with other prayers. We've got to learn how to, oh, how I praise you. Deep cleansing breaths. But some of those, God, I'm standing on your word. I need you right now. Come on, please. I'm bless me. You better learn how to pray different. <laughs> so they taught me different ways to pray. They also told me I needed to have a focal point. Bring something from home. Something that you can see, that you can put up. Something that you have that when you look at that, it takes the pain away. It really does. I had one. Because when you're, when you're focused on something, then that focus takes you, distracts you from what you're going through right then. 
Abraham, it says in Hebrews in chapter 11, he says, I'm, I see a city whose builder and maker is God. Set your, your sights in heaven above and not on things of the earth. So we need to have a focal point. What's your focal point? Jesus is our focal point. And then they also taught me how to bear down. See, you got to know how to push. Pray until something happens. Amen? You got to learn how to, I'm not moving, Lord, until you bless me. I'm standing on your word in our teen Sabbath school class. We're, we're saying, young folks, have your own Bible text. Something that you can hold God to. You said if I call upon you that you would answer me. You said that you would never leave me or forsake me. You said that you would give me the desires of my heart. You better find a text so that you can hold on to so you can pray until something happens. Well, and then he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Amen? Isn't that good news? All through scriptures. And I left out one. You've got to learn how to rest. <laughs> You've got to learn how to Sabbath. Labor until you enter into rest, the Bible says. I like this one. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All through scripture. Now, see, y'all, from now on, you will never think of that text anyway, except for labor. In fact, the, the rest comes from the same root as Anison, the, the pill. I will give you something to relieve you from your pain. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let me tell you about my last pregnancy. There's Ethan. Ethan. That's my Ethan right there, see? And the operative word in this is last. I finally figured out how to stop the madness. Ethan's name means firm. And I love that name because, I mean, and God gave me that name because I went all around and folk didn't want me to name him that, but he is Ethan. Firm. And the text for his, for his name is Solomon was wiser even than Ethan the Ephraite. So I said, oh, my goodness, wise and firm. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Till someone told me, stubborn. Why would you name him stubborn? <laughs> no. Well, this child was the one that was, had delayed his coming. I had a due date, and he went beyond it. Oh, I wanted God to hasten the soon coming of this baby, and he would not. So the week before he was due, I accepted a speaking in, the, we were living in Tennessee, and it was in Arkansas, no, in Missouri. I accepted a speaking engagement in Missouri the week before he was due, and I drove the van, and every, because I was, Tired of being pregnant? How long, oh Lord? <laughs> Every pothole I saw, I drove into because I was trying to hasten his soon coming. Amen? And all I ended up with was, was with a speeding ticket. He did not come. 
So now it was Saturday night and I was restless and I couldn't sleep and I got up and I started cleaning. That's called nesting. I didn't know. I was nesting. Now all the other, the other two kids, the pain, I would have those Braxton Hicks up front in my stomach. And so I wasn't feeling any back pain that signaled anything. So I was cleaning something, and I went down on one knee, and I said, Arthur, it's time to go. This is a real thing. We got to go. So my husband jumped up. Bags were packed. We're ready to go. It's time. It's the fullness of time. Good news. Now we have the other two kids, though. And so now our house was here. We had to take them to Uncle Larry's house that was here. And the hospital was over here. See, we were already going where I didn't want to go, amen? See, I want to go here. So we had to take the kids over here, and then we got on the expressway to go to the hospital. And my sweet husband, who's law-abiding, said to me, Honey, I'm going to go the speed limit. <laughs> now, I want to help you young men who will have wives. There's a song that says, if my husband don't go, I'll journey on. When the baby is coming, see, they call it labor, but it should be a different word. Because when the baby's coming, you are focused. Your whole body lines up. Nothing, everything is about the baby's coming. When you are in labor, nothing matters except the baby's coming. Amen? Nothing matters. I've watched quite a few women that are, that are about to have babies. And some of these women, they, they, before the baby's coming, they never leave the house without their hair looking real good or their makeup on. But when the baby's coming, folk don't care. Hair be all over the house. <laughs> folk looking all kinds of way. You may have your dress up to here and you're down there. You don't care. Legs be up on the stirrups. You don't care. I'll just get this baby out. You may even, but anyway, so my husband would not drive, and I turned to him in my sweetest voice and said, if you don't drive that guy, you better get out of my eye, Johnny. <laughs> so he heard my sweet voice, and he did like this. <laughs> and he started driving. He got me there quick, fast, and hurry. He jumped out of the car. He ran and got a wheelchair. He ran, got me. He ran back, took me in there, and they undressed me. Those angels came. They undressed me. They put me in, and they checked me, and they said I was nine centimeters. See, somebody knows what I'm talking about. That means he is even at the door. Crown him with many crowns. He is crowning, amen? So, my husband, who hadn't learned a thing, came over to me and he gave me a kiss and he said, before we left, I shaved. <laughs> See, when you are expecting him to come, you're gonna leave mother and father, 
husband, because only one thing matters. The baby is coming. The baby is coming. You may have all of your life hated black people. You may have hated Arabs. <laughs> but if your Arab doctor comes in to help you get that baby out, you say, hey, doctor, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> comes in and says, you want a million dollars? Get out of my face. The baby is coming. Because nothing matters except get this baby out. See, there are lots of it. I could have done this. I could have told you the story of pregnancy and lasted an hour and a half of all the illustrations and all the texts. Because there's early rain, amen, and there's copious showers, amen. There's latter rain, but anyway, when the baby is coming, you push, and the coach is there, and you're, you use all of those, and that he that shall come will come and will not tarry. God has said about the Christ in you, he began this good work with you. He overshadowed you. He says, I will bring it to being. He will bring forth, and he will be called the son of the highest. And when that baby comes out, you will follow that child forever. They're always yours. You've loved someone you have not seen, but when he comes, you will recognize him, and you will follow him forever. Good news. Let me share one last text with you, because I'm going to close up. And it's one of my, it's one of my favorite texts where God considers himself a pregnant woman. Look at him. It, it's in Isaiah chapter 49. It says 15, verse 15 and 16. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven thee on the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. That text, God says, pregnant women, no, women that have given birth, when you are given birth, you get engorged because you want to feed that baby, and there's a, that relationship continues. And you are, how can a woman forget when her whole body desires and yearns for that baby. Well, some mamas can forget. But he says, I have a similar situation. He said, because see, I've written your name. I've written your name and your name and your name and your name on my hand. When you are inseparated from me, I am engorged. When you are not there, I need you in my arms so that you can nurse. And when you nurse, that baby, oh, it's the most awesome experience because they look up in your little face, in your face, and they have, and then this, the nurse, and it's like, I love you, mom. And you're looking down at them and say, thank you for <laughs> relieving that pressure from me. I love you, too. And it's called bonding. <laughs> but it's like, I'm so glad, baby, you're here. But God is saying to us, when you are away from me in your actions and in your thoughts, I am in pain. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. 
when you come to his arms and nurse so that you are fed and healed and he is blessed. He is satisfied when you're his care. Today, the thunder stopped. I think God wants all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to allow Christ to move in and have his way. And he wants us to allow others, the Christ that's in others, to grow them. Because, you know, it's an interesting thing. When I don't like the way you're growing or acting, it's because I'm annoyed that the Christ in you isn't big as my Christ. Well, her dress won't fit of somebody who is just three weeks pregnant. And if you want that Christ to grow up in somebody else, feed them Christ. Continue to bless, nourish them with Christ, and it will grow, okay? If you want Jesus in your life, I want you to stand with me right now. Those that are able and don't need two, three people help them. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we're standing because we want your spirit to intersect with our seed of faith. Grow us, Lord, and feed us till we want no more. Bless us, use us, keep us, help us. And we thank you that the victory is not ours, but yours. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, is our joy for Christ's sake. Amen. <laughs>